Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Now joined by Mr. William Brad Alice. I am Mike Luke. Hello, William. Hello, Michael. All right, let's get started here. We're going to talk a little Arizona football, then we're going to get to some Arizona basketball because there's a lot of good stuff going on. Arizona wins the the Territorial Cup. As our guy back, the A-Ray, says the cup is home. This to me was, well, let's talk about the game first. Um, What what were your impressions of, of the game? In reality, I think Arizona was fortunate to win. Um, I thought ASU, at least offensively, uh, outplayed them. Uh, Arizona, though, forced, what, five turnovers, mm-hmm. uh, spoiling the homecoming for uh, Trenton Borgay, a guy um, I have he played fantastic, had. by the way. He did. And I've known the kid since he was five years old, um, playing uh, flag football out at Orame Harn Park uh, in Marana. So it was it was fun to see him succeed, but not wearing those colors. Um you know, and Arizona did enough on offense. Um, Jaden Delora was good when he had to be, but really it was the it was the Michael Wiley show, and he was spectacular. Um, he probably, along with Jacob Manu, will now go on to that. Uh, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's not a Mount Rushmore, but the uh, wall of fame for uh, rivalry games, along with guys like Dan. You're Wright. hanging out with Trunk Candidate? Trunk Chuck Candidate, uh, Chuck Cecil. Um uh, some of those James DeBow can't leave James DeBow out right. with goal line stand. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty special moment for those guys. And again, it five wins for whatever reason looks a heck of a lot better than Doesn't four it? wins. And you know, in the end, there's still a lot of work to go in this program. Um, I think Jed Fish did a nice job this year, but I'm not 100% sold on him being a guy who's going to make this. Uh, anything more than a 500 program. I, I'm not saying he's not either. This is just, it's an incomplete grade. You are really doing a complete overhaul of a program from the ground floor up. Um, and even though he did a good, okay job year one, did a good job this year, there's still room to go. And we're going to see that because, you know, what's the over and under on transfers out of the program and how big this year's class is going to be now that you can sign more than 25 now with the, uh, slight tweaks in the in the transfer process. Um, you know, we already saw Drake Anderson, who was a good player, uh, right. played really well last year. Now it's a numbers game. Now he's the number five or six running back. You know, there's going to be a, a, more guys like that, guys who could play at Arizona, um, but not at an Arizona team that's an eight win team, a seven win team, and and he'll be the first of of several casualties. Um, you, what you're hoping is you don't see any of the guys who should be playing on a seven or eight win Arizona team leave as well. And I don't think you'll see that. Um, but yeah, you're going to see some names and names we like leaving the program because there's just not going to be the opportunities there. And that's not an indictment on anyone other than the success of recruiting under well, Jed fish. And that's what I was going to get to. I mean, that's it. That's it. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's also a good thing in the grand scheme of things because you know, um, again, when Arizona came in here, or excuse me, when Jed Fish came in here, you're in the midst of a 12 game losing streak. It hit 20. You getting uh, him getting uh, five wins in year two. If you were to tell me that before the season, I would have taken that every single day of the week. That is that's improvement. Now, to me, you look at the schedule next year. It's about getting to that seven or eight win realm because the schedule is much easier than it was. You bring back a ton of players. Granted, they're going to hit the portal incredibly hard, but you know this. Uh, this to me was the year that they needed. Now, again, like you said, there's certainly things that they need to figure out um, defensively. 
just giving up 12 yards uh, on, you know, on an open zone every single time is not going to work. And they've got to figure out the goal line or the short yardage offense because that's pitiful. But overall, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is an incomplete project. Um, you know, you inherit a team that was in the midst of what an eight and 10 or 11 game losing streak. It ended up being nearly 20. Um, and you know, for as good as I thought he did last year, there's still some asterisks around that one win, but this year your wins were legit. You know, if you look back, you know, the game you want backs Cal, right. Um, other than, you know, unfortunately Washington state just better. Uh, than Arizona. It was a, it was a pathetic performance, but they're just better. They should have been better than Arizona. Uh, so you're right about where you really hoped they'd be. Um, you know, I said, if they could go into the Washington state game with an outside chance at a bowl, right. that was a successful season. And they were there. They didn't get to the bowl, which I thought would have been a, the cherry on top. But despite, you know, some people say there are no moral victories. Well, yes, this is Arizona. This is not Arizona basketball where right. well, if Tommy right. Lloyd, come in and not made the the tournament last year, it would have been disappointment. Right. No one saw one seed coming, obviously. Uh, well, you and I thought he might be a top three seed, but right. uh, to our own horns. But we're going to give ourselves a little bit of credit here, Brad. But this is, you know, this is more like building a business. And if I said in year one, you know, you were going to lose money in year two, you're going to break even. No one's going to be like, you're a terrible businessman. You broke even in year two. No, that's how businesses are built. That's how programs are built. They've got a long way to go. That you know, that it's it's not a good enough defense. The offense is good enough to win seven or eight football games a year, and if, that, if that's what you can be at Arizona, you know, I hate to, you know, the odds of anyone coming to Arizona this side of Urban Meyer and making Arizona a ten-win program is is remote. But if you know, if Jed Fish can average you know, seven and a half, eight wins a year, that's an A plus hire. Right. All right. Now we're going to get to some Arizona hoops here in a second, but two things got to pay the bills. Oh, geez. All right. Uh, They've renewed their contract with PHNX. Here's the deal. You've got all kinds of good gummies. You've got Indica's, you've got Sativa's, uh, they're um, different color or different colors, different flavors. You name it. I went up there. You can get them at your local dispensary. You got to be 21 and up to enjoy. William, what were you going to say right there? Was, I was just laughing at your colors. Oh, a lot of of ways I could have gone there. You can get them in different colors. So, again, we're going to stick with that one right there. But, again, check it out. OGs, um, love to have them here with PHNX. And, again, you can get them at your local dispensaries. And Four Peaks, the the official brew of PHNX sports. Now, again, many people think the Four Peaks are the four U of A big men. They're right. But you know what? The original Four Peaks is the brewery based out of Tempe. They've got watch parties up there. You can go up there. You can root against ASU. Or you can get your Four Peaks down here at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties. So, again, check it out. Got to check out the show link in the description. 21 and up. I uh, got to enjoy. But, again, check it out. All kinds of good stuff going on there at Four Peaks down at Tempe especially. Arizona. Uh, we, not, we could also dub Cowing, Singer, and, and the like as the four peaks, right? The four big receivers. So, you know, a lot of four peaks in Arizona. Okay, so no, I just I'll find a Tempe. I was going to say the four peaks expands all horizons right here, William. So that was good. I like good that. Branding. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm working. Right. You know, got to you know, help solve good. there. You know what you're doing, right? All right. Now let's talk um, a little bit of Arizona hoops. So Arizona is now number four in the nation. Um, we had, uh, we had Doug Gottlieb on yesterday, and he said, you know, it feels about right. They look like about a top-five team right now. Um, just from what you've watched in college basketball so far this year, 
what do you what do you think about what do you think about what you're seeing so far? And I think Arizona holds up with with anyone right now. And obviously, right. there's a lot of room to go. Uh, there are teams taking their lumps now that are going to be really good in, in January. There are teams looking really good now who are, who are not going to progress. I, I don't think Arizona's that team. Um, I think Arizona's a pretty darn good basketball team. If, if they can continue to get two-thirds the production they're getting out of Umar Ballo right now, uh, they're going to be a really tough matchup. Because, you know, I think, like Tabellus has been as advertised. Ramey has been a little bit better than average. I'll tell you the guy who's really turned my head is Henderson. Right. Henderson's Henderson's everything you could hope for from a guy who averaged that at Campbell, but is actually living up to it. And I tempered my expectations just because of what we've seen in the past and mm-hmm. uh, what he has been able to do. And it looks like he's going to give Arizona some great versatility. You want to go small, put him at the four. You want to exactly. go big, you can slide him to the two. I didn't know he could play the two, but he can play right. the two. Right. Um, you throw that in with with Boswell giving you solid minutes, just Kirk uh, Risa playing under control. Uh, his stroke looks improved. Um, again, there's a long way to go. Um, you know, Larson, and that's the thing. Larson has not been good. Right. In Maui, he was not good. It was too far from home, I guess. Too far from Sweden. Right. It's about the opposite end of the map. You think uh, people- if you can get him to even play last year's level. That's Arizona going up another notch. Uh, let's talk Larson here for a second, because Larson to me is fascinating because all of us, again, he was good last year. I'm not, again, my bad Pella. I mean, I thought Pella sucked. So again, take for what I'm, what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but people were projecting out a guy that averaged six points a game last year and turned the ball over at a pretty high rate to being an all conference guy to being, you know, maybe the best player on the team. I think the one thing that Maui showed us, Brad, is that Umar Ballo Azulis Tabellis and Courtney Ramey are clearly at this stage better players than Pella Larson. Yeah, and the only one of that group that really surprises me is is Ballo. Um, right. I thought again, I thought Ballo would be better, getting more minutes. Um, th- again, I think in many ways Henderson is what I kind of hoped Pella is, and that might be part of the problem. Pella's trying to find his role. Um, and you know, with Henderson being at least at this time, he looks to be a better defender. Yeah. Um, that I, I, it almost looks like Pella's a little lost. Do I shoot? Do I pass? Like what um, his role is. Exactly. And again, I'm, I'm not concerned about them figuring that out. They're still tinkering with things. Um, you know, the other guy who's been a little bit of a disappointment, not much, is, is Adama Ball. I just thought he might take up a little bit bigger role. But again, I think, again, I think Henderson's stolen a lot of that. Right. And that's not what I, I really thought when, when it cleared that Henderson would probably be the eighth guy in the rotation and right now he's kind of the sixth man right for sure now um let's talk a little bit now about the umar ballo i've always thought that aj bramlett was the big man that i saw improve the most when uh um improve the most from when they got there to win basically by the end of his sophomore year he leads the ncaa in uh in rebounding quite frankly i didn't think aj was going to be that good again i was younger but i didn't think he was going to be that good um Umar Ballo is on a different plane entirely. Umar Ballo comes in here last year. And again, I thought that he would probably be a Gene Edgerson type, be physical, you know, throw some elbows, get, you know, get some fouls. Um, He was obviously a contributor. This year, he looks like an All-American, Brad. He looks like a Kofi Coburn type. Yeah, he really does. And that's a lot of what I think people saw out of him. He's a five-star guy in high school, Mm -hmm. Uh, baby Shaq. And, you know, he came in last year and was strong, but now he's more fit. 
Um, you know, it's finding that balance. So, you know, a lot of these guys bulk up so much and he was already a big, strong kid. And then it takes, you know, it takes a professional strength and conditioning guy. There's a conditioning in strength and conditioning. Um, it's real easy to lift weights and put and get up to 290, but it's right. another skill to find that nice balance between athleticism and strength. Um, you know, it's, and that's what he seems to have found. He's moving a little bit better and he moved well last year for a guy his size. Um, you know, to me, your, your Bramlett call again, totally different players, but the, the other guy who, who made a jump and what was Jordan Hill, those are probably oh, the two great, great point. best guys. What Balo kind of reminds me of is remember when Isaiah Fox came in, he was the starter as a freshman. <laughs> I knew where you're going with this, right? Yeah. And he just would always lose his job in January. My always joke was Channing Fry must have had a bunch of tough finals in December. And, and it was when he cleared his head right? He, until he became Channing Fry. The first two years, he was never the starter until January or, or late December. Um, in many ways, Bala, who, who's more talented than Isaiah Fox, apologies, Isaiah Fox, is what you hoped Isaiah Fox would become. And that's a guy who continued to get bigger and stronger and, and more athletic and, and Fox mm -hmm. had some injury issues and, and frankly, just, yeah, you know, his dad was no lineman and he, and he kept some of that O lineman weight, but right. Balo is, is kind of following through on that. And, and really, you know, if he, if he doesn't improve a lick the rest of his Arizona career, um, he's become a very good player. And, and the, the, the sad thing may be that if this was 10 years ago, he might, yeah, I was going to say that. And Sad, don't get me wrong. I think there's a role for him in the NBA just because he is so big and so strong and athletic enough um, that someone's going to at least want him on their bench to rebound and just be a big human being who can take up space. Look at it this way. Mark West and Joe Klein played like 15 years apiece in the NBA. Sean this Brooks. Guy, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. So we'll get to that in just a second here. But two things. Tap and bottle. William Brad Alice has been down there many times to the tap and bottle watch parties. We're going to be getting those uh, back up here this month or next month, December. We're not in December yet. Um, come check it out. Scott, Rebecca do a great job down there. Big screen TVs join U of a fans where we can yell. We can back the a together and four peaks is also down there as well as, as is some pizza, but again, check it out. The tap and bottle watch parties also game time. Here's the deal. If game time, if you know any procrastinators out there, let's just say that William Brad Alice was a procrastinator. And let's said, say uh, we can confirm. Let's just say that Tyler Alice, his uh, his precocious son, came up to him and said, Dad, I want to go to this game. And Brad says, Well, I don't know where to really uh I don't know where to really get tickets. Sorry, Tyler, we can't go. Brad no longer has an excuse. That's where game time comes in. Get on game time and you can get your tickets many times 60% off. Check it out. Buy them through the link in the description. That helps us out. We've had people on the post-game shows talk about how they got it through uh, uh, game time. So, again, check it out. Game time, that's where you can get the really good deals. Again, tab and bottle as well. All right. Now, let's get to Henry Vasar. Uh, Chef Duarte, great name, by the way, um, needs to eat while Ballo, what Ballo's been eating. I didn't like Vasar at first. Oh, I mean, I don't want to say that. I always thought he would be good. But you can see what Lloyd sees in him. First of all, he's incredibly long. He looks like he's got about a 7'9 wingspan. He's going to be able to guard. 
he's going to be able to guard just by the length, by the nature of his size. He's going to be able to block shots and be an impactful guy this year. And probably in year two, you look for him to make a more more of a move offensively. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was ever really brought in for this year, except to give you depth on the inside. And if it and and Vesar is a little bit more advanced, I think, than than Dylan Anderson. Um, who again would have played that role if you if you need it. But in reality, you're trying to get 12 quality minutes out of him. And then again, maybe by January he starts to figure it out. Um, because he is athletic. He he does he is fairly smooth. Uh he's just underweight and he's you know, he's an 18-year-old kid getting used to playing not only American basketball, but living in America. Right. Um, and that is a you know, Tabella's had that transition. A lot of these guys have had that transition. I mean, think about when you were 18 going to the U of A the first time, just trying to balance classes and, and, you know, at least, at least these guys, you know, have a bigger support staff than I did. At least I don't know about Mike Luke, but right. um, <laughs> uh, the fact of the matter is, yeah, he's, he's a little bit less than I had hoped, but if you're really counting on Henry Vesser to be the, uh, a stud player for you, right. you know, you, you, that's not the team you're, you're thinking this is again, not ASU here. Ballo's playing better than I thought he would. And, you know, again, if you can get if you can get 13 and eight out of him, that's great. And he was, what, 19 a game up there uh, in Maui. And, you know, he'll have his nights where he doesn't score. But and Vessar will. But for the most part, this is the Ballo and Tabella show inside. And the other two guys are are depth in case they're foul troubles or tweaked ankles or, uh, you know, Again, I think in reality, if you have a bad matchup and Ballo can't guard a six, seven athletic forward, you're going to put Henderson on him. You're going to even put Larson or Ball on him. Um, Vester's just, again, Vester's 12, 13 minutes a game to get you quality, serviceable minutes. My only con- my only concern with this team um, is how they deal with pr- how they deal with pressure. And what I mean by that is a team like Houston. It's weird using Houston as kind of that as that team right there. But how does Arizona match up with Houston? Because Houston's going to be able to get up on you in the backcourt. It's going to be a little bit of kind of that San Diego State type thing. How does Kerr, how does Courtney Ramey, how do they respond to that? Because other than that, I think that Arizona is going to be a real problem for basically any team in the, uh, you know, any team that plays any other style. I do worry a little bit about the up-tempo types up-tempo type teams. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the up-tempo physical teams. Yeah. And you mentioned San Diego State. You mentioned, you know, and again, Houston's a matchup nightmare for most teams in America. That's what Because they're probably the best team in the country. You, <laughs> and if not, they're, again, they're just a really nasty matchup. Um, as Baylor has been traditionally, you know. Um, but the other thing is they have to match up with Arizona's front line. Um, and I, I really think that's a huge reason why they went after Ramey. Ramey is physical enough. Um, I also think don't count out again. It's going to be more mental than physical, but Boswell Boswell's a big, thick, strong kid for, for a 17 year old kid. Right. He looks like a grown man out there. Right. Um, so again, is that a matchup problem? Yeah. You don't, you, you don't want to see Houston until the final four, or the elite eight. Um, but again, there are a lot of teams who are going to be like, what are we going to do? I mean, Creighton's really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good win. That's going to be one of those wins, too. Guess you what? Know when you they have couldn't, it, they couldn't handle Arizona's front line, though. And they have a big, right. tall, talented kid. That kid's talented. Right. But right. Omar Balo is 30 pounds heavier and moves almost, if not better. Um, right. So, yeah. So, you yes, there are always going to be mad matchups. That's college basketball. 
Right. Um, you know, and Arizona's nine times out of 10, eight, eight out of 10 times, Arizona's going to be the worst matchup for most teams in the country. And when you get to a Houston, you get to a Baylor, um, then that's up to Tommy Lloyd out schema, you know, and to figure out solutions. And, um, you know, again, you hope you do not run into one of those teams uh, early. You hope you're not a four and Houston's the one in your region. I mean, that's just what you play. That's why you play for a higher seed. Because when you do face a physical athletic team who's a an eight seed, um, they usually don't have shooters or they lack uh, a two point guard or, or something. But again, Houston's special. Baylor's usually special. Um, Purdue looks like they might be special. But again, are, is Purdue seven three big man going to be able to chase Bala? I don't know. Bala. I love that dude, by the way. Real dude, quick, because he's fun, you know, but yeah, right. Real quick, because I know you're up against the uh, clock right here. Have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Code word PHNX. Have I told you this about this? Luckily, you have. All right, but I haven't told you today, and I didn't tell you yesterday either. So it's such an important thing. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA game money line and get $200 if their team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app again. Code word PHNX, code word PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See the show notes for details. If you wanted to bet on Arizona on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you might want to take the over on those games because they're going to get going. They're going to be running the ball up and down the court. So again, all right, Brad, before we sign off here, I wanted to ask you about the overall strength of where this athletic program is right now, because I look at it and I think to myself, basketball is obviously in a great position right now with Tommy Lloyd football. Certainly again, your, your concerns about jet fish are well-founded or at least not, cons- you know, how it plays out. Arizona women's basketball is at an all time high right now. This athletic department right now, I think is probably in about the best shape it's been health wise since maybe the nineties. The two questions are the diamond. Um, right. Can Chip Hale, and I thought Hale did a pretty good job last year. Right. Um, and can, uh, you know, Caitlin Lowe, and that's the problem. Anything less than Kendra is a disappointment. Right. And that's like saying anything less than Wooden or Summit or, you know, those are, are a disappointment. She has impossibly high standards. Uh, she had a mediocre season and still made it to a college world series. And we're still like, eh, I don't know about Kate. Right. It's like, man, you're right. But if right. they can be good, then the last, you know, the real last question is those transitions, you know, when Dave Rubio uh, steps aside, uh, how can you elevate the program? Um, you know, if a golf coach leaves, because even those programs have been pretty special the last few years, but yeah, it's in a, it's in a really good shape. And if you can continue to build women's basketball, if you can, you know, have a last couple years runs with with Ruby and Ruby is not an older guy, but he's been here 20 something years uh, and get back in those director cup standings. That's that's what you're looking for, because Arizona is not where they were in the 80s and 90s. But maybe it might be impossible to do that again, too. Right. He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. As always, thank you, everybody, for hopping on. This will be posted on Twitter shortly. Emma behind the scenes making this all work. Without Emma, none of this happens. So, again, for Brad Alice, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.